Oh, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who is this kid? What's he gonna do? And I, I remember like the first time that I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to Lead Em to Life. I am sitting in my living room. This is so fun. Normally, I get to, you know, sometimes these look really fancy, and I get to sit in our nice studio with professional equipment, but now I have some professional equipment that I can have people over to my house at nine o'clock after my kids go to bed, and we get to have a conversation. So, Taylor Specht, you are in the house. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Okay, Taylor, tell... Tell our friends a little bit about you. Like, give us a few fun facts. Uh, A few fun facts. So, I grew up in Yankton, South Dakota. I'm 26 years old. Um, So, I went to grad school, uh, I guess, four years ago for prosthetics and orthotics, and I just got a job here in Sioux Falls. Why prosthetics? Um, We had a family friend, actually, who was an amputee, and he was in an accident like 20 years ago and lost both of his legs. So, it was just kind of through my interactions with him and um, just like figuring out how he lived his life. Wow. I was really inspired by it. So I've known that I wanted to do this for like a long time since I was like early on in high school, I knew. Is it what you um, anticipated it would be? Yeah, it's, but it's better. Seriously? Yeah. How so? 100%. Um, I think you just, I don't know. I think my favorite part is just developing relationships with people. Like, um, so patients will come back like year after year after year and I just really get to know them and I guess I just wasn't anticipating some of the like close friendships that kind of like the relationships that you're going to build and that kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Taylor, one of the Mm -hmm. reasons that I wanted to have you on the podcast, have a conversation with you, I actually have not known you for very long. Um, Yeah. Probably like less than a year. Less than a year. And, but I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits. Yep. Would you agree? Agree. Oh, I'm so honored. (laughs) Um, So I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits and I just, there's a degree in you that, um, or or kind of just a a part of your personality, but, um, a spirit about you that you just very much invest in people. You're very intentional with people. Um, and you're not afraid to go there with people. So I want to spend a lot of time in this, um, in this episode, just talking about like what it means to be authentically vulnerable, what it means to be in friendship with people. Um, first of all, have you always been that way? Um, maybe more so, more so in college, I would say it kind of started. So, cause I had a, my conversion, I guess, back to the faith kind of happened when I was a freshman in college. And I feel like vulnerability is something that's not necessarily like natural to me. Okay. Um, so growing up, um, I mean, my family was always really close, but I think sometimes there were, I don't know, there was just like some difficulty in like sharing difficult yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and I think once I kind of had my conversion and started like investing in deeper friendships is when I kind of, I don't know, started mm-hmm. to be more comfortable being mm-hmm. vulnerable with people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So do you feel like you have friends in your life right now that you are that way with oh yeah like you've been able to find that and 
intentionally walk with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you're one of them too. Like just being able to, and my roommates too, but just being able to like open up and to live life like in kind of an open and honest way. So like when I get home from work, like my roommates and I'll kind of sit down and talk and we don't just talk about the easy things. And sometimes like our days are really hard and I think it's Mm -hmm. good to be open about it. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna come. We're gonna come back to more of that later because okay. there's a couple of things that I just yeah I'm excited to like unpack <laughs> with you and um, and all of that. But we are so we're recording this in the dead of winter on yeah. like the coldest night so far yeah. I think in in the Midwest <laughs> in minus, South Dakota minus forty one oh, till tomorrow sucks. It's just so <laughs> stinking. It's just so stinking cold today. <laughs> um, so anyways, but you and I have had several conversations about things like seasonal depression mm-hmm. and um, which is which I think for a lot of people this time of year can be a really difficult thing in yeah. that regard, which has kind of opened up larger conversations about, um, about mental health and about, um, you know, struggling with depression, that kind of thing. And I'm wondering if you would kind of share your, some of your story and your yeah. experience and why you are passionate about it. Yeah. So I think, I think mental health is kind of becoming more of a common or more accepted, like, topic mm-hmm. here Less, right yeah. yeah yeah you know like it kind of used to have this stigma of like oh mental health like we just don't talk about it it's uncomfortable yeah. or whatever um but it, I guess for my story like it kind of started um last spring I just kind of hit this rut that I couldn't pull myself out of like I just wasn't feeling like myself like I was just sad more than I normally was um I didn't enjoy doing activities I used to enjoy doing I didn't really want to be with friends a whole lot um, and just kind of really hit this rut. And they had, um, a good friend, Father Tyler, who just really was, um, I think just really gentle and like considerate and walking with me in that journey. And so, um, so I fought it kind of by myself, I think maybe somewhat out of pride of just like, I'm just gonna, I got I'm this. just gonna grip Pull my, my bootstraps out. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it and I'm just gonna get through it. And it, um, it just never got any better. And so, after, so how long do you think you did that for? Oh, probably couple months yeah two three months okay. probably okay um and then just recognized that I couldn't do it on my own and so um I reached out to a counselor here through the diocese and um met with her a few times and kind of got started on some on, on an antidepressant um and it, counseling was just like so beneficial for me I think because like she her name's Janelle and uh, Janelle was just able to see like aspects of my life from kind of like a bird's eye view because yeah. like she didn't know the situations that I was going through and she didn't know like the people that I was talking about. And so just to hear kind of like a, um, just like a outside source, An outside opinion or like, yeah, a, yeah somebody that doesn't. Yeah, who could just really like speak right. into it was really helpful. Um, yeah. So that was kind of the beginning, I think, of a lot of healing that took place in my life. So was there a, was there a trigger for you? Was it something that came out of nowhere was it something that you had been familiar with like you had experienced before like you know what I mean yeah um definitely I think it for me it was more some people maybe have like a specific event right like the loss of a spouse or um a tragic car accident something like that yeah um a stressor loss of a job etc yep that didn't happen for me mine was just like very gradual just like this kind of like coming on of just um just kind of this perpetual sadness that just kind of like sucked me in slowly over time. Um, but I think now being able to articulate that that was depression, I can look back on different times in my life, maybe in college for sure. 
um, where I experienced something similar. Oh, interesting. So, but you didn't, na- but you but weren't I able to name yeah, it then. I couldn't name it yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, so it's been kind of fun, I think, for, for me to like go back in prayer too and just being able to like kind of like talk to my younger self and just being able to like forgive her in a lot of ways for like feeling kind of beat up and a little yeah. bit down or yeah not fully or disconnected from friendships yeah. or yeah. you know unable to show up maybe in the way that you wanted to show up kind of thing yeah absolutely yeah oh that's so I, I thanks for sharing that first of all because yeah. I think there's so many people that experience it but oftentimes there's this kind of give and take of okay where am I actually at is this depression am I Am I just in a rut in yeah. life? Um, you know, I remember when I was, <clears throat> let's see, I would have been pregnant with Claire and I was so sick. I just like for, I don't know, how long is pregnancy? Nine months? For like <laughs> nine months, I just puked Ugh. all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> sorry, TMI folks. Um, <laughs> but I like I just was so sick. And I remember thinking to myself one day, am I depressed? Yeah. It's like, yeah, of course I am. Like, I feel miserable. Yeah. I feel absolutely miserable. Yeah. And and this is hard. But it's but but I think being able to recognize, okay, but this is something that is gonna get better, mm-hmm. that I can do some things in my life to kind of help me climb out of this, yeah. as opposed to like a neurochemical, um, real uh what do they call it? Like persistent depression, yeah. yep. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, situational versus, um, yeah, more permanent mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think that can be hard though for people to discern when am I, when am I not okay? Yeah. You know, what is, what is normal to just recognize this is a hard season of life right. or, or yeah, I'm, I'm sick or we were, mm-hmm. were whatever it might be. You know, I think a lot of people have different seasons in that regard. Is there was there a shift for you when you kind of recognized? No, I'm I'm not. I can't really. I know you said yeah. like there was a point where I recognized I couldn't do it on my own. Right. Anything in particular that brought that um, awareness about, or was it just it had been long enough that and I think, the awareness? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I think it. I mean, it's gonna look different for everybody too. But I think um, in my situation, it had just become. I think when I could, I could name the fact that I wasn't, I wasn't like enjoying the things that I used to enjoy and I wasn't enjoying the people that I used to be around. So being able to like name those specific things and recognize, okay, this has gone on for like a couple of months. Like that's not Mm -hmm. normal. And Mm -hmm. actually my counselor told me that the average person waits like eight to 10 years before they reach out. Yeah. Eight to 10 years? Yeah. Wow. Which... Is crazy, but when you think about it, like it because it kind of for most people just like slowly starts. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that people just get kind of stuck in ruts, and you know? and it becomes their norm. It becomes their it norm. becomes their norm. Yeah, wow, yeah, it becomes their norm. You want to know a fun fact? Please, I'm looking for an excuse to go to therapy. Mm. I think it would be fantastic. Oh. Yeah, I so would fun. love to. Okay, you know, I like. I think it would be. I was just having a conversation with friends about this the other night of like, yeah, I've been contemplating like what my reason or like what my excuse is yeah. going to be for making an appointment. I don't even think you need one. Like if you're okay. a living, breathing human being who... Do it? Yeah. 
Great. Why not? Doesn't that just sound yeah, awesome? Yeah, just talk about your marriage or your kids or your friends. I mean, yeah. there's always something you can yeah. work on, so yeah. why not? Yeah, totally. Janelle, I think that's Janelle honestly, Christensen. Janelle, all right, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, I'll tell you in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I think that's kind of been a little bit of a question for me um, is, is okay, what really is the role of therapy? And, and I think in some ways, like, there's people that have desired therapy but maybe aren't aren't struggling with a trauma or a major thing that needs to be healed. And so yeah. they go towards maybe something like life coaching, that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I love the idea of people that are willing to just kind of probe my heart and see, yeah. okay, is there something that needs to be looked at more in depth? How, you know, to help me be more um, self-aware, right. how am I interacting with people? Uh, I think my excuse is going to be like, why do my kids make me so mad? <laughs> you know, like I like, and how do I better cope with the anger yeah. of like, I am done. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's been multiple times with my toddler where I'm like, yeah. I don't think I could, like, how do people do this? <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is the word. She's only three. Just go to She's, counseling. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Go, <laughs> you got to start now. Okay. Years. Great. Great. Good talk. Okay. I'm glad we figured that out. So just go to counseling friends. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's going to be. There's a huge desire for me uh, in this space to talk more about uh, the need for that and also to just allow it to be more common. Yeah. I have so many friends, you included, that have just opened up about their experiences. And it's not always like, I always thought of counseling or therapy as an ongoing, like, you you meet once a month for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this that was perpetual state. yeah, like this perpet like yeah, a perpetual <laughs> state of therapy. Um, I think that's kind of what I had it in my mind yeah. as. And in talking to different people um, who have just shared, I made three appointments. Yeah. Or I even I even was talking to somebody recently who said, um, I just need one. Yep. I need an I need an hour of your time to get some outside perspective yeah. from somebody that doesn't know and doesn't have the emotional attachments that I have and mm-hmm. that all of the people around me have to this given situation so that I can think about right. it freely, yeah. you know, and yeah. then kind of combat it or whatever. <clears throat> right. So, um, so I was talking to Father Jeff Norfolk, he's a priest here in Sioux Falls, and uh, he was sharing with me, he was like, actually, like, going to counseling is just like one more person in your army. Like, you have your family, you have your really good friends, you have maybe a priest or a pastor or somebody leading you spiritually, but, like, to have a counselor is just, like, that one more kind of confidant that you can, like, bank on to help you out when you need it. Yeah. So, that was good That's probably why I pursued my master's in psych, to be honest. I I, I don't have the certification to uh, to be a counselor. I didn't think that I could handle it, to be totally honest. <laughs> to be totally honest, I was like, I'm just, my heart is too, too I think sensitive. it would just wreck me. Yeah, yeah I'm too sensitive. Um, that I think it'd be hard to like separate that out um, in many ways. I think it would weigh on me. But when I went through my first psychology class, I really felt like, how do people go through life not knowing this? Because I felt like the tools mm. were so, it were to, it was tools in, in the army, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it really was, that was how I viewed yeah. it. It was such a sense of like, this is going to help me to have a more flourishing life. And if I can share this knowledge and spread <clears throat> it to other people, it's going to help other people to flourish more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. This brings me to my next thought and okay. I'm, I'm like, ready for all of your opinions. <laughs> okay. So don't hold back. I promise. <laughs> yeah, okay. I promise. So there's a, the name of this podcast, the name of this episode is 
uh, don't level up level 10. Yeah. And actually when I asked you to come on, I think I texted you that I want to do a podcast called don't level up level 10. And I want you to come on and talk about it. And you're like, okay, (laughs) sounds good. Um, so there's this, this common phrase level up, which is, we we need to level up. We need to show up. We need to hustle. And essentially it means like urban dictionary basically says it means to make yourself better or more attractive Mm -hmm. in internally or in your external appearance to be more attractive to other people. Essentially is what people mean by level up. Okay. Um, Work harder, go faster, do more, be better, yep. hustle harder, etc. Sleep less. Sleep less. That's exactly, <laughs> that's what I hear when I hear all that. Um, and, and, and in a certain sense, that's actually good. Like, yeah, t- be healthy, take care of yourself, get your hair cut, do what you need to do, yeah. you know? Um, but it struck me as a bit of a contradiction to what I feel like... I've been aching for, mm. which is level 10. I think on my, on the intro of, of this podcast, I talk about, I talked about my friends, you included, we have this joke of like, okay, level 10, let's, let's go level 10 yep. conversations, level 10 questions. Um, and, and there's almost, you know, I know they're not exactly opposite level up and level 10, but if I could draw an image of it, level 10 would be way up in the air and excuse me level up would be way up in the air and level 10 would be Ooh. in the depths Ooh. you know what i mean yeah like in and the roots like in in the deep in, deep deep in, the, in the sea of the heart. Yeah, yeah deep yeah. in the places of the heart like deep <clears throat> in those places where we are most desiring to be like i don't want to be more i don't want to be seen as more attractive or more i mean sometimes i do quite yeah. honestly like in my pride or whatever like sure. i want to be seen as smarter or like hilarious like i totally want <laughs> my husband to think that i'm the funniest person it's not going well um but i do you know like and yeah. and there's and there's some of that that's good right yep but in the deepest places i want level 10 mm. i want to be known i want to know yeah. i want to encounter people in a does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, what's... Because I Hang see on. that in you. Go. Out. Go. Let's stop there. Okay, so if you want to be known in the deeper places, right? Like, you want to go deep. You want to get to the heart of the issues, the desires of people's hearts. I think there's a certain sense of, like, um, a vulnerability of, like... Okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I think, I think vulnerability be, can be hard for people because it's, like... Well, if I'm vulnerable, then, like, people are going to see parts of me that I've, like, been trying to hide. Or, like, mm. if they really knew me, then yeah. they wouldn't love me. Yeah. Or then I wouldn't I'm going to be, be rejected. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be disliked. Yeah. 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 Or people are going to think that I'm not smart enough or that I'm not good at my job or that yeah. I'm not a good student or whatever. Yeah. Um, and maybe for a lot of people, that's actually been, like, a really, like, true experience. Yeah. Right? Like, can you think back to maybe like a time in your life when like you were vulnerable and it wasn't received well. Yeah. Can right? I tell you a story? Please. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I was meeting with a group of women and in this small group that I had, I shared pieces of my story, parts of my story with them. And this group of women that I love and still love to this day. And one of the women in the group, when I shared, um, shared kind of my story with them, she responded, um, you know, Emily, gosh, I, 
I just always thought that you had it so put together mm. and that you were so, I think she said in that you were so holy yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And what she meant was, wow, everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and we do. Like everybody's got stuff. We yeah. just do. Um, but what I heard was, um, I no longer think that you are good. Oof. I no longer think that you are this good, kind person, yeah. holy person yeah. that I thought you were. And it was like a, you know, it was like a dagger to yeah. my heart. Like it, w- it was very painful. And, um, and praise the Lord, I'm a sanguine. So things like don't last very long in me. Like I get worked up for a short time. I can play a whole bunch of, you know, one note on several instruments. Yeah. Like I get excited about something and then it passes. So thankfully it, it didn't stay for very long. And I think yeah. I had some other friends that I had, um, or, or maybe it was even Matt, that I kind of brought this to and was like, man, like, I don't think I realized how much this hurt. Yeah. And, and I just had to speak some truth to it and, and say, okay, no, like, I think that person was actually probably dealing with some of their own, mm. their own wounds and like trying to work through that. Well, a couple weeks ago, I'm talking to this person. Same person. Yes. Same person. And they, they shared with me that they had been, uh, they had been on a vacation or a retreat or something, uh, really struggling with something. And God basically whispered, if I can heal Emily, I can heal you. Whoa. God used that vulnerability from two years ago. That's Isn't that amazing? And I, and and like, it was pure gift because 99% of the time, like we're going to be vulnerable. And if we're rejected, we're never really going to see the fruit of that, of that self gift, Mm -hmm. you know, like, but it was very clear to me in the last two years, I'm going to continue to show up and reveal myself and, and be honest and be vulnerable, even in the places that I'm weak and that I suck sometimes and whatever. And it just, so, but, but to go back to your, your, um, your point, like there is this fear of rejection. There's mm-hmm. this fear of if I'm honest with you, you're not going to receive me. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. So I, th- I think you're exactly right. So how do you combat that? Um, do it anyways. Not always do it anyways. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I think, I think part of it has to be in just like understanding that being vulnerable with people like takes a risk right yeah and sometimes it pays off and maybe sometimes it doesn't but I yeah. know that for every time that it's paid off in my life like it's been a hundred percent worth it right yeah. like the most meaningful friendships and relationships that I have and the times that I feel closest to people are when I'm able to be vulnerable and they're able to be vulnerable with me right so what is that for somebody that's listening that's mm-hmm. saying okay I believe you um, you know, that sounds great. And maybe I've experienced that at some points, but what are, but how do you do that for somebody that's like, I don't even really know what to share or when to share or even how to, what to ask. Cause it's not just a sharing. It's actually, it's a relationship. And so that requires us to be willing to ask people questions that maybe we're not comfortable with asking. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So how do you do that? Um, Hmm. I think if, I think, I think there's like a certain point in conversations where something will like kind of catch your ear or like if you're talking to a coworker and you say, you know, just like casual, how was your weekend? And they say, oh, I don't know, like it was pretty good except for this. Well, like, okay, let's pay attention to this thing that maybe didn't go, go so well. And like, let's dive a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Like what's 
kind of at the root of this thing. So I think maybe like kind of logistically or just practically, like being able to pick out something that people are struggling with and not being afraid to like go deeper into that mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I love that. And I think the word that comes to my mind is actually a healthy curiosity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, how do we authentically, not like curiosity killed a cat kind of thing, as in like sticking our nose in, in stuff that doesn't, that we don't need to or sure. whatever, but but I think a healthy curiosity that's rooted in wonder about the human person yeah. is a different, is a different kind of thing. Yeah. And I think we, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm so self-absorbed that I'm unable to even wonder about mm. To, to even wonder, yeah. you know, like yeah. to take in the beauty of the sunrise or to take <laughs> in my daughter singing a song, making up a song. Like yeah. it's, it's amazing her mind and what it's doing and that kind of thing. But I'm so like, yeah. okay, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to, th- <laughs> yep. let's be honest. I don't want to do the laundry. I don't want to do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> my checklists are more like that, but, um, that I, that I'm not able to wonder. And we, I think we have to be curious enough and also, that requires a risk. I remember asking mm. someone, um, they had shared shared something with me and I followed up with, with them on Ooh. it and um, asking about her heart. Yeah. And I got rejected. Huh. I got denied. Yeah. Um, you know, it was... And I can't remember exactly how they responded. Just, I think just it's really hard it to talk about. I yeah. think is what kind of what they said. You yeah. know, it's, I think it's really hard to talk about. Mm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And I immediately felt so, shoot, uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, you know what? I love her enough to yeah. be rejected. Yeah. I love her enough to have Ooh. asked and to have been rejected Yeah, in that. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable. Um, but it did not take long. And I had to sit. I had to sit in that discomfort of being rejected, of mm-hmm. being denied access into somebody's life, you yeah. know, because that's what it was, um, which is okay. And right. I, and I understood it very much, um, I had to sit in the discomfort of it, but then also come to the conclusion that I'm, I would do it. I would have done it again. Yeah. Had I known had what she known would have outcome. said, I would have, I yeah. would have still asked Yeah. because I love her enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I think, I think too, that's something that you've always been good at is just like loving people enough to like ask the hard questions, you know, like if somebody, I don't know, we're just going to make up a situation like if one of my friends is like going through a tough time in their marriage, you know, I'm not just going to like brush off the fact that, you know, that things aren't going well. Yeah. So like, can I, can I invest in them enough? Can I say, Hey, I know, like you said, following up, like last time we talked, like you were really struggling with this in your marriage. Like, how's that going? How's that going? Yeah. 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 Um, and actually I was talking to your husband, Matt, we work together on occasion and, uh, he he's the best he really is great I just really enjoy working with him and talking to him he's just so fun um and great with his patients too but he uh he was telling me about a marriage the marriage conference you guys yeah just reckless wrapped. yeah reckless yeah and he gave this like really great analogy of a curtain um and he said if you're like walking along the curtain eventually in the middle there's like a place where you can like walk through to the other side the curtain breaks the curtain breaks yeah and um, so, like, with vulnerability, like, you're going to interact with people and you're going to be walking along and you're going to be hearing stories from their lives and you're going to feel something or see something that just, like, catches your eye and, like, 
there's the crack in the curtain. So like mm. when you walk through that, you're there's opened whole... up to the whole other side of the stage. The yeah. whole other like this aspect of somebody's heart or this area of somebody's life that was just kind of like waiting to be revealed. But you have to look for that like yeah. small little opening. Yeah. You have to look for the details in it. And it can be a little bit scary because you don't know what's going to be behind the curtain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh-huh. and it could open up a, a thing of worm, <laughs> a bag of worms in in some yeah. ways of, of, of somebody else's brokenness or wound. Yeah. And, but again, like, do I love enough? Mm-hmm. Am I willing to be present enough to somebody else yeah. to, to, to say, may I come in yeah. to your world? Yeah. You know, like, may I enter here? Yep. Yep. You know? And so, I, I think, too, like, I was kind of sharing with you earlier about um, just, like, I think, I think I've think i become more comfortable with being vulnerable because, because I've recognized, like, when people are vulnerable with me, like, I just feel so honored, right? That they would, It changes like, you. Yeah, it changes me because it makes my heart be receptive to them in a new way mm-hmm. because they're they're giving me this gift of something that's like really delicate to them right yeah. they're like giving me this like piece of their heart that they don't just share with like anybody so I just have to like receive that and like just hold it and be like so gentle right so that like that makes me just Dang. like want to be more vulnerable with other people too you know what's ironic about that what? Our fear of being vulnerable is yeah. that we're going to be judged. Yeah. And everything that you're saying is the actually opposite. it. what happens is the opposite. Yeah, exactly. That we become less judgmental, yeah. more accepting, more understanding. Yep, more empathetic. As long as you're like a good human being. Right. If you're a terrible yeah. human being, maybe it makes you more yeah. judgmental or something. But but yeah, it actually has the opposite effect. Yeah. It allows you to love more. Right. Which right. is, yeah, which is so profound. Which is reflective of the gospel too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. say more about that. What do you mean? I think, I mean, if you, if you read through the Gospels, like, every time, like, so when Jesus, like, asked um, his disciples to follow him, right? Like, Jesus was being, like, vulnerable in that moment of being, like, come, follow me. Like, they leave. could say no. They, they could have said yeah. no. They could have said, I'm sorry. In fact, some people did say no. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm married. I have kids. Like, I need to provide for a family. So, like, for Jesus to ask that question is a risk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you're right. Some said yes and some said no. Yeah. But like in our vulnerability, like God calls us deeper or to be more reflective of himself. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what strikes me about that too is Mm. um, that's an uncomfortable invitation. Mm. Leave everything that you know. (laughs) Leave what's... Leave leave your job, leave your security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, That's an uncomfortable invitation and I think sometimes what prohibits me from entering into like truly being present with somebody in this Mm -hmm. way that we're talking about is I'm afraid I'm going to make them uncomfortable yeah I'm afraid that if I probe this question that I'm curious about out of love for them not in a like weird way of does that make sense Mm -hmm. um yep what if I make them uncomfortable? Yeah. And and it was actually kind of funny. Like we went out uh, with some friends for drinks a couple of weeks ago and we got in the car afterwards and Matt <laughs> made a comment. He was like, Emily, you ask the questions that I'm afraid to or whatever. Yeah. Um, in a particular setting and in, in, in other settings, I'm just more extroverted than Matt. So like with people that he knows, he's, he's, he's Deeper. actually better for me in that way. Yeah. Like he kind of reins me in when I need to be, but, um, but it just, it really struck me, like, 
I, yeah, the questions that I was asking this, these friends that we were with, like probably in some ways did make them uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. I also watched the way that it was healing for particularly the guy to be able to talk about Mm. the stuff. Like he just needed a space to share it. And it wasn't, and it wasn't out of context or inappropriate or anything like that. Like it just, he needed the space to share it and it was hard. Like it was a little bit uncomfortable. There were moments where, um, where he was emotional, mm. you know, and we're sitting in a restaurant. It's a little awkward, but it's like, again, I I love you enough to go there. Yeah. I love you enough yeah. to ask the question. Yeah. You know? And like, when do we grow the most? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, we grow when we're uncomfortable. We grow when we're pushed out of our safe space of like, of, I don't know, just like the ordinary everyday things. Like, we have to go beyond that. Yeah. And we have to go deeper within ourselves and deeper yeah. within, within other people too, just to kind of like pull out those areas yeah. that maybe need to be cleaned up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it hurts, it's a yeah. little uncomfortable, but that's when the real healing, that's when the real work right. can actually begin, Right. you know? Yeah. Oh, okay, Taylor, I love you so much. <laughs> um, okay, this is a place with more questions than answers. Okay. Uh, and by that, I simply mean that nobody knows everything. None of us do. And I think asking questions of ourselves and of others allows us to learn more about ourselves, learn more about the world, better understand the world and, and really grow, like mm. step out, step, step out to step out of just what you were saying, to step outside of that space that we maybe are comfortable and into, um, and into a little bit more of an uncomfortable space because yeah. sometimes those questions make us uncomfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't, I could not have planned that better. That, that was like so the well. Per- Thank you very Good much. Work. Professional over here. <laughs> we're, we're working on it slowly but surely. Um, so I want to know what question is there a question that you have been pondering lately? Yes, there is. So there's there's kind of been this theme of like your word for the year, right? Mm-hmm. So every or a lot of people. Will do you pick. have a word? I do. Okay. I oh, is this going to be your thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay. I won't ask. Um, so my word for the year for 2020 is wonder. 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 Oh, and we just talked about this. Okay, I know. this is a providential conversation. Yeah. Go ahead. So we talked about this a few weeks ago, but, um, and it, like, so back in December, I would hear people talk about their word for the year, and I was like, that's dumb. Like, why do people <laughs> pick one word? Like, what does that mean? That's dumb. Um, and I was really against the whole idea. Um, and then, like, slowly, like, through p- prayer, like, Jesus just, like, hit me upside the head with it and was like, wonder, like, go after wonder. Like, I'm going to show you wonder in all of these, like, incredible ways. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, let's do it. Let's go. And um, so the question that I've been pondering and kind of like on a semi-regular basis, like it should be daily, um, is like what are ways that the Lord is revealing wonder to me in my ordinary circumstances? Mm, Like in the day-to-day? Yeah, in the day-to-day. So like it was kind of providential actually earlier in this podcast, you were talking about wonder. Yeah. And you were talking about the wonder of a sunset or of listening to Claire sing. Yeah. And so like this year, these last couple months, I've just kind of really been praying with like, um, that like my life is really simple, but like God just makes it so holy because he just like steps into this mess of our world and into the mess of my life Mm -hmm. and he makes ordinary things extraordinary. So like what ways is he revealing wonder to me on a day-to-day basis so like a couple weeks ago it was when I was in Omaha with my sister and it was just like so fun just to like 
be joyful and like spend time with her or um like last night I was just like looking up at like the wonder of the stars and they were just like so bright and so beautiful um and so just to really like cultivate this place of like wonder and awe of like all that God has created here I love that (laughs) I love it so much thank you for sharing your your question with us and thank you for um Thank you for your vulnerability. Yeah. In this space. I just Absolutely. it's it's a pure gift to me and and I know to so many others. So friends, I hope that this conversation has blessed you. I think um I hope that it gets you having your own conversations that it um yeah, breeds your own sort of vulnerable conversations in the spaces that you find yourself in. Um let it be yeah, a moment of encouragement for you. So uh if you have thoughts about this episode, I would love to connect with you on Instagram or you can also email me me at elitum at sfcatholic.org um yeah i would love to just uh continue the conversation this is not meant to be content that's simply out there rather it's supposed to spark further conversations so uh, i would love to connect with you god bless you and we'll be back next time Mm -hmm.